Hi, I'm Steve Acuna, your host of the 30-Minute Sage, your source of practical advice to move forward through corporate and life changes. I come to you as a certified professional in change management and life coaching with over 25 years of boots on the ground and leadership experience that spans five corporate industries. This podcast explores the challenges of leading corporate teams through change with the audacious goal to apply techniques and wisdoms that go well beyond the workplace and into daily life. Along the way, I will share my successes and failures, my learnings and my truths as I continue to transcend corporate life and apply my personal mission to raise consciousness that activates the power of our human community. Welcome to the 30-Minute Sage. Now let's get started. Welcome to Episode 11, Managing Perceptions to Gain Freedom and Being Your Own Sage. Hey, before we get into the content, let's talk about the format of the podcast. First off, the podcast is casual, so it's more like a conversation. This cuts down on heavy production and helps me to focus on sharing and content. In this episode, I'll share some of my own secrets in creating freedom from judgment and the perceptions of others that paves the way for you to be your own sage in life. It's my hope that you test these ideas and apply what makes sense to your situation. That process I call finding your inner sage. As always, I will share a takeaway from each segment so you have something you can reflect on afterwards. Please don't forget to send comments, hit the like button, and share with others to help promote the podcast. Finally, the podcast is not therapy. Change management can be emotionally charged, so if you're not emotionally okay, please seek the professional assistance you need. Professional therapy has helped me and my family through tough times, so remember, it's okay to not be okay. All right, let's get into segment one, managing perceptions to gain freedom. You know, this is a pretty rich topic. I've been thinking about it for quite some time and a little late on my episode because of it, uh, because I think it's that important. And I've been trying to figure out a way to articulate some points uh, that I hope you find helpful in this particular segment. You know, perception is is uh, defined as a way of regarding, understanding, or interpreting something. Uh, it's, it's something that we oftentimes... Uh, don't think about with intention in a workplace environment. But if I if I go back to think about how I perceive things in the workplace, you know, I take in information. I, I have experiences. I also listen to people and what they share with me in regards to what they offer, uh, what they've done, uh, how I can help them. And that interaction creates experiences in an environment for me to create some understanding or a perception of a situation, whether it's a great situation or whether it's one that uh, needs more support. Uh, these things are kind of the things I come up with as a result of this, um, you know, combined experience of all these inputs. Now, if we think about it, though, you know, if we are not providing inputs to others, if we're actually in a situation where others are speculating about the things that we're doing, speculating about the value that we bring, or even the results that we're driving, uh, these kinds of things create problems for us. Uh, they create problems in the way that you're being perceived. And one of my biggest pet peeves, and one of my personal pet peeves, is being misrepresented. Uh, and I've had a real hard time with that one because in my past, not being represented has uh, really affected the way that I feel about my work sometimes. And so I made some choices a long time ago about how I manage perceptions of, uh, of others um, 
about me and the way I work and the way I operate, my intentions. And that's what this segment is really about. So how do perceptions get created? Well, really, if you don't take a perception with intention, you're actually leaving a lot of room for speculation. And speculation is the worst part of it. That's what leads to like this kind of concept of misrep- being re- misrepresented, as I mentioned. And it's one of those difficult things that, you know, that I've experienced where, you know, somebody wasn't aware of the work that I did or something that I contributed to. And they believed at this particular example, they believed that I, I wasn't a part of this work effort. Uh, and it was really just the ignorance, right? They didn't know. But because they didn't know, they made a bunch of judgments about my contributions or lack of a contribution. And that misrepresentation really bugs me, you know, because it's not true. And so when I reflected on these types of experiences, and it's happened a few times in my career, but it's had enough of an impact for me to think about what perception means in the workplace or really any place really. And how do we make sure that people are clear about what we are doing and how we are operating and the results that we are actually getting? And why is that important? You know, well, it's important because ultimately it comes down to how we feel about ourselves. Um, and really, uh, in many cases, it actually removes the importance of perceptions that others have of you once you have a strong belief system in what you're delivering, your intentions, and your actual results. So, how we think about this, though, is about the components that we're offering to people. So when I think about perceptions that I'm, I'm creating, I need to understand what is the perception that I have of myself and the work that I'm doing. And then what am I doing to make sure that others are gaining those inputs from me, right? How am I ensuring that people are aware of those particular elements uh, that are happening in the workplace or, or whatever that I'm contributing to and making a difference on, okay? So we need to pay attention to how we characterize ourselves and the actual results that we are driving. The actual results, and I I say actual results because I'm talking about evidence. I'm not talking about, you know, speculation anymore. I'm talking about true value, true results, true experiences or contributions that make a difference in whatever situation is that we're talking about, whether it's a workplace or not. And and I think it's important to make sure that it's about the actual results that you're contributing to. And I'm going to talk about that uh, here shortly when when I talk about, you know, company politics and I talk about, I'll, I'll talk about manipulators too. But we must be transparent about uh, what we're doing and contributing to. And this is where we can also be a little too humble. Now, I believe in humility. Humility, as, as you know from previous episodes, is a key component to leadership. But it also can be used in a way that really uh, is a detriment to people's understanding of your value if you're so humble that you don't even share the work that you do. Uh, I oftentimes say this in my workplace now is like if if people don't know about the great work that you do, it's it's like it didn't exist. And because it didn't exist, you're giving yourself um, you're giving power away to individuals that are speculating about you. And I don't like that. I, I, I don't like the effects of that because that's what I mentioned before. It leads to this misrepresentation. And uh, that's just something I, I think is is uh, avoidable based off of good intention and planning and some of the points that I'm making here. 
So that's, that's a key component. So inputs, right? What are the inputs that we're providing to others that create the perceptions of us, right? Do we know what those are? Have we even, I mean, write them down, make a list of the things that you see as critically important for them to know about and show the evidence of it. Uh, I'll talk about that here shortly when I talk about politics, but that evidence piece of it is something that's on, it's, it's, it's the accountability of, uh, of us to create that evidence and show what that means to the business, to uh, a relationship, to whatever it is. But it's, it's on us, right? It's not on anyone else. It's on us. And so take accountability for that and also be intentional about your approach. So let's talk a little bit about company politics. You know, uh, you're not ever going to remove company politics. There's always going to be f- people that are, are trying to um, uh, manage their, their career through politics or relationships or just whatever it is, you know, it's going to be around. Uh, it always has been around. There's, there are people in power and there are people that want to uh, be a part of that club. And as a result of that, you find that people do all these weird behaviors to try to you know, please individuals in power or create situations that make them seem more important or more powerful than they truly are, or, or, uh, or it kind of in a situation where they just feel as though they want everyone to just realize that they should be on top. They should be the individual that's in the inner circle, if you will, when it comes to a company or whatever. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a political player. I, I, I understand it well enough to manage through it, uh, manage above it. And I'm going to share a couple of things here in this, in this segment that I, I hope can help you as well. So politics is, is something that's really important to uh, combat by showing evidence of accomplishments and results. You know, I don't know how many times I've seen people really lose the, maybe it's, you know, like the muscle of their capability or competencies just atrophy because they spend more time actually working on the political aspects of a business or situation than actually doing the, the real work and actually getting something done. So I've actually taken that approach as my way to combat company politics uh, by actually showing the evidence of the value and the lift that my work and contribution has made. It actually short circuits a lot of the political plays to manipulate situations. I'll talk about manipulators too, but political manipulators, I guess it could be, there's kind of a Venn diagram where, you know, some political players might, might actually be manipulators too. I'll talk about that shortly, but politics is really something that you're just not going to get around. It's always going to be around. So you need to be aware of it too. So part of it is to actually map it out. Um, take, take some time and think about politics for, I, I know some people just, it makes them just kind of sick to think about, you know, that, that it's like this beneath them and to, uh, in some ways it's just, it's just kind of the, a, a dark underbelly, if you will, of, of, of the nature of how things get done sometimes, but you gotta, you gotta take time to think about it. You gotta take time to understand it, um, by mapping it out and understanding kind of who the players are, you know, uh, who are the folks that are trying to be players, all that kind of stuff is part of this, you know, game board, if you will, of the work that you're trying to get done. And by understanding it that way, you'll have a better sense of who needs to know about the evidence of the work that you're doing. 
And in, in other words, you're kind of you're kind of taking a, a higher level way of playing this game, if you will, by making sure that everything that you do has substance. The political side of things really, I think over time, they lose substance because it becomes much more about how things get uh, you know, worked on from a standpoint of relationships with those in power. And I, I find it fascinating to watch people kind of just eventually just kind of go down and down and down when it comes to their capabilities and skill sets because they spend more and more time trying to you know, position themselves for that next promotion or try to find ways to, um, you know, convince somebody that uh, they're entitled to something bigger or better or more power than they already have. Uh, I, I just, I, that's not in me. I don't, I don't get into that. Uh, in fact, I, I find it exhausting. And quite frankly, I just find it of very little value to me as an individual who does retain skills and capabilities and develops those even further as I continue on in my journey. So that's something to consider. So again, just kind of keep in mind that really the actual accomplishments and results can really short circuit a lot of political playing around you because you are actually making the difference, but you must believe it. And you also must be transparent about those things. Don't be so humble that you are unknown and that your work is not known. Okay. Don't be in that situation of being misrepresented when you are uh, deservingly uh, needing to be recognized for what you've done and how you've contributed to a company or, or a cause or, or what have you. Okay. So the last part of this I want to talk about is really getting into uh, the manipulators of a situation. Manipulators, uh, again, are, are somewhat can be kind of like the political players in a, in a, in a company. Um, they, they're, they may be motivated less by power, but maybe by trying to establish a bigger bonus or something like that. And, you know, maybe they're not trying to move up in a company or try to be like a, you know, the, in the good graces of a CEO or somebody that, that does hold the power. Maybe they're just trying to manipulate situations so they make themselves look better to a boss that you both share. Whatever the situation is, manipulators are another way. Another way to deal with them is to also think about it from a standpoint of transparency. This is where you absolutely have to be clear about what you are doing to offer value to a circumstance or a solution or result. Okay. And you got to really make sure that you're including these kinds of discussions with those that you work for. Okay. Make sure that they are aware of the work that you're contributing to. In fact, not only them, they need to, you need to also make sure that your peers are aware of the work that you are doing and the contributions that you're making. And then don't, don't ever, um, be in a situation where, uh, you feel like you need to, uh, apologize for being successful or, or for sharing or being transparent about those results. You are doing your job. And you're also doing it to your, the best of your ability. And that's what you're there for. Your job is a contract with that company that you work for. It, you are meant to deliver value. And what you're doing is you are doing just that when you are showing evidence of results. Um, now, one thing that's really nice to do in this regards, which will also could also turn around manipulators is to understand how you can utilize their perspective, their skill sets, their inputs to help uh, increase the, the, the effectiveness of a solution. 
Now, I, I, don't, I don't shy away from uh, inc- being inclusive when it comes to trying to solve big problems because I know that, that sometimes they are just well beyond any one individual's ability to solve for. So it's important to also manage the contributions of others, but also keep, it, keep that transparency clear about what others are doing so that manipulators don't try to shape it in a way that creates a situation that is not true about their contributions. And in some cases, the lack of their contributions, uh, the lack of partnership, um, you know, those types of things. So it's important to always keep that in mind when it comes to uh, the, the standpoint of, of establishing value showing evidence and just really getting above all of the the speculation, the politics, as well as the manipulations that can happen around you. Now, these subjects aren't usually talked about, you know, in uh, workplace settings, you know, they may be talked about in behind closed doors in some ways, but that's why I'm bringing it to this podcast, because I feel like there's some subjects that are really hard to talk about in the workplace, but they're also very important for you as an individual to just know that there are others like me that understand and um, and try to provide some guidance and understand and 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 ways to adapt and to uh, adopt new ways of actually uh, dealing with these circumstances. So let me let me get to the takeaway here. This is takeaway number one. And there's only two takeaways in this particular episode because I want to spend a little bit more time on this one. The takeaway is life is not about pleasing others. Be true to yourself by ensuring that your value, intentions, and actual results are known and speak for themselves. By doing this, you free yourself from the clutches of untrue perceptions workplace politics, and the would-be manipulators. So again, life is not about pleasing others. Be true to yourself by ensuring your value, intentions, and actual results are known and speak for themselves. By doing this, you free yourself from the clutches of untrue perceptions, workplace politics, and would-be manipulators. Thanks for joining me in this segment, and we'll move on to segment number two, which is going to be about being your own sage in life. So stick with me. All right, let's get into segment two, being your own sage. Uh, now, sage is, a, is a, considered a profoundly wise person. And so the podcast is called the 30 minute sage, right? I, I'm not claiming myself to be a sage. I, I think we all are sages. And what I mean by that is that we all hold wisdom in ourselves. Uh, now, to what extent we believe that wisdom is really, to me, the extent of, of you accepting your own inner sage, right? So that's really kind of what I mean by that whole concept of, of uh, 30 minute sage, uh, we're all in this together to learn and to uh, express what wisdom means for each of us. And what we believe is our own truths and wisdoms become really what it means to to become our own sage, right? And we, and we accept those things. So I bring this forward because I think, you know, when we talk about, you know, being your own sage, it's really about, uh, you know, unlocking things. And so what I'm hoping is that this podcast and these episodes help to just you know, trigger some unlocking kind of effects in life and thoughts and perception and awareness 
that help you to recognize that there are things you already know. And there are things that, um, that because you already know and accept them, you are very wise and ready for continuous improvement, development, awareness, whatever you see is necessary in your life to achieve your next goal or to be self-actualized or, or things like that. So the point I'm making here is that when I mean sage, I'm talking about life journey. I'm talking about the wisdom that we gain through life and being able to utilize that as points of learning and points of wisdom, right? So, you know, I, I use this example for myself to really kind of try to understand, like, how do I break out of this day-to-day grind of feeling as though my life is my job or it's this next assignment? My life is just this thing, I, you know, and, you know, even during COVID, it was really challenging because, you know, it's like every day was the same. Like wake up, you know, log on and everything was virtual, of course. So log on and you go through the meetings, you log off, you eat dinner, you go to bed and then you do it again. And it's like five days a week. And then even Saturdays and Sundays kind of felt the same way because, you know, at that time it was very challenging. Obviously, you all remember we were trying to um, deal with lockdowns and all that kind of stuff. So you know, fortunately, you know, and I hope that this continues to improve uh, so we don't go back to that. However, I believe it's really important to note that, you know, that type of experience became just really like mind numbing to me, right? It became something that wasn't really even felt real in many respects. So why I bring this up is because, you know, it's this whole concept of getting out of that as being life, you know, it's, it's more than that for me. Right. So what, how do I get out of that situation? Well, many ways I I looked at mindfulness exercises or, uh, ways to kind of think about things in a broader context, in a bigger way. And thinking about my life as a game board was, was a way for me to think about breaking out of that, you know, really monotonous kind of a repeated day after day type of effect that that had. Um, and it was, you know, it was affecting like my, my mental health, you know, I just, I felt like life was just really closing in on me, you know, and things were, were challenging. I know I'm not alone. I know that there are others that felt that way and, and, um, you know, some, some that are still working through the effects of COVID. So, so, when it comes to this whole concept about the, the game board of life, I, I think about like Monopoly or something, the game, you know, and you know, when you first start the game, you kind of pick your little character, you know, and your character's like a, a little item that's on the board. Um, you know, I, I pick a shoe or a car or something like that. And it represents you, right? That's you. So as you play the game, you're using this little, I'm just going to say it's like a shoe or a car or something. And you're going to use that to move yourself around the board. Well, that perspective was something I kind of thought about quite a bit. I thought, you know, this this whole thing with COVID and being uh, stuck at home and all of this was like this game board. And I was going through this, you know, we're maybe everything on that game was going through a dark period. And we were all in these little characters and moving forward through this game. And what happened though, in this concept of like breaking out of the day-to-day mundane, you know, kind of, uh, difficult, you know, repeated stuff was that I gained broader perspective 
about what I need to do to think about getting through it. Right. So I almost like, I almost like, uh, it was almost like I was standing above, um, and I was looking down on this game board saying, okay, what's my next move? How am I going to strategize in this situation to get myself to move towards this direction or this goal or this new skill set or capability or this new happiness, this new level of happiness or joy? Um, you know, and, and when I started to think about it from that standpoint, I thought, well, who is that person that's looking down on the board, you know, asking these questions and trying to set up, uh, this player, this, you know, car or whatever the item is I chose, uh, to get through the next step of the game. Well, that's when I thought, well, that's my inner sage. That's me, right? That's the wisdom. That's the consciousness. That's the awareness that I hold from all the experiences I've held in my life or experienced in my life. You know, um, that's all the, all the learnings that I gained from special people in my life, mentors, you know, family members, friends, um, people that I've looked up to, you know, um, you know, and in some cases people can look to spirituality as an, as an aspect of that as well, you know, and whether you do or not, it, it's really up to you, of course. But the, the whole point is, is that it's about the experience gained and the wisdom gained that I was willing to accept because during that dark time on that game board, I thought, well, I have to dig a little deeper. And I have to find that inner sage to understand what is the best way for me to achieve the next step in this game. And so this game board became kind of like my past, my present, and my future. And I started thinking about it in a way that was like all encompassing on the board at once. And so I was dealing with my past struggles. I'm dealing with the personal, you know, present state kind of stuff. And then thinking about what does it mean to actually foster or create or manifest new things for my future. And so this inner sage who was looking over the board started making plans and started thinking about myself as an individual that was on this journey that was in some ways kind of broken, some ways really great, and some ways just kind of like, yeah, you know, okay, just getting by, you know. And I started getting wise about what would I say to this person, this player, myself on the board to, to help, to serve, uh, to support, to care for, to forgive, you know, um, to be kind to all these things that, uh, you know, this, this player on the board was forgetting that uh, the sage, the inner sage had all the capabilities and strength and power to manifest and to deliver uh, came into a single moment where I realized I'm the only one that needs to recognize and accept the wisdoms that I already carry. So I, in, in many respects, felt like that was a breakthrough for me. And it was really the starting point for this podcast and a reason for the title of the podcast. So I wanted to kind of spend a little time to talk about that uh, now and, and to kind of express uh, what it means to, to, to find your own sage, to be your own sage, to be the inner sage, right? All of those phrases that I use throughout these episodes. 
That's what I mean by that. And I'm hoping that you know these topics continue to unlock or to uh, may- maybe even in some ways challenge uh, you to believe that you have the that knowledge within. So this brings me to takeaway number two, and which is our final takeaway for this segment. We only had two segments this time. Life is like a game board of the past, present, and future, with you as one of the many players getting through its difficult challenges. Know that you are your own sage, overseeing the board, and the only way to win the game is to build up your player. So again, life is like a game board of the past, present, and future, with you as one of the many players getting through its difficult challenges. Know that you are your own sage overseeing the board, and the only way to win the game is to build up your player. All right, let's go ahead and do a summary of our episode. In segment one, I talked about managing perceptions that others have of you by taking accountability of sharing your value and your actual results to short-circuit misrepresentation that negatively impacts you. The takeaway was, life is not about pleasing others. Be true to yourself by ensuring that your value, intentions, and actual results are known and speak for themselves. By doing this, you free yourself from the clutches of untrue perceptions, workplace politics, and would-be manipulators. In segment two, I discussed and challenged you to stretch your awareness to encompass your whole life as a game board, and how this elevated awareness can create more self-support and appreciation. The takeaway was, life is like a game board of the past, present, and future, with you as one of the many players getting through its difficult challenges. Know that you are your own sage, overseeing the board, and the only way to win the game is to build up your player. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode, and I look forward to you joining me in the next one. Mm -hmm.